day you're listening to the park rush podcast this is a thing park podcast i'm tom and returning this week is josh hello hey hello there hello there how's it going very good thank you yourself yeah not too bad can't complain welcome back how are you finding the florida-esque heat right now um it's not whether to be baking or doing diy in but that's what i've been doing anyway like a madman I must also say that it's not the weather to be sort of shutting your windows and locking yourself in a in a small room with a sort of burning hot monitor staring you right in the face. But I'm so committed to my role here in the Park Rush community that that's exactly what I'm doing. And by the end of this, I will probably have melted. You know, if you miss the great movie ride, chances are I'll be able to do a solid impression of the Wizard of Oz scene by the end of this particular. <laughs> but I'm melting! So we'll see how we get on. Fortunately, if I do succumb to the heat, we do have a third person here with us who I'm sure can pick up the baton from myself. It is once again Pastor John Self himself. Hello, John. Hello, Tom. How are you? And it's, as I sit in my nice, comfortable aircon room here in the middle of the United States, oh. I, as I prepare to travel to Florida and stand outside in the temperatures yeah. you're, you've been experiencing for four or five weeks now. Yeah, but you can escape to air-conditioned bliss whenever you whenever you like out in that Florida. is correct however <laughs> i am old enough to remember where there were parts of the u.s that did not have aircon in most houses so so and i, when, I do, when, I that, that was when you were still under british rule i think well it's pretty close i'm not you know, quite the, that old the good old close. days yes <laughs> at this moment i have no response to that that would refute anything <laughs> you just said <laughs> as i'm about as i'm about to fly to florida which is which we even those of us in the U.S. call the Wild West. But yes, yeah. you're off to Florida. Went, very, very exciting. You, you, what, what have you got planned in particular? Uh, hoping to have the mummy back for your return. We Anything are else? hoping to have the mummy. Those of you wondering, as we record, I'm watching about five different sources because the mummy's going through team member previews at the moment at at Universal Orlando. But for this trip, I'm spending a lot more time uh, working for. Um, Mouse Dining and Pirates and Princesses over at Walt Disney World. So Monday, uh, probably least your time when this comes out, because sometimes your podcast comes out on Sunday in the U.S., um, oh. comes comes out. Um, I'll be flying down to Florida, um, checking into the B Resort, which is one of the Disney Springs hotels, Disney Springs area hotels, hopefully having dinner at the Raglan Road, so enjoying a nice, loud Irish-themed meal. And the next morning, I'm because my wife will be accompanying me on this trip. So next morning, I'll be going to breakfast at Topolino's Terrace, which I am thankful to Mouse Dining, shameless plug, Mouse Dining for requiring me that reservation for Topolino's Terrace. And somehow at this point, based on my sources, my spouse still does not know, and maybe hearing it right now when I play this podcast for her on the way down, oh. we are going to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party on that evening. So, oh boy, I know. And so fortunately she has her ears and her outfit ready and I've planned her for stuff. And I have been telling her for weeks, actually months, that I have a media food event that night so that she would be ready for Halloween. And so we'll be experiencing that. And so I also have some time spent over scheduled over at Universal to um, test out the pass holder days, food and all the things that go with that. 
not only do we provide excellent travel advice on this show, but also tips to a long and happy marriage. You know, just drop a surprise. Mickey's not so scary Halloween party day on your uh, significant other. Uh, well, some and... of my friends, some of my friends have advised me that I may not be married once she finds out because I've kept a secret for so long. <laughs> but so we will we will just find out. Also, what's Going I mean, I, I find it, frankly, almost treasonous, really, when they start selling mince pies in the supermarkets in October. What what is why you're doing a Halloween thing in in August, John? What's going on? Well, one second shameless plug of this podcast Pirates and Princesses is paying for my trip to Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. So you can't say no to that. But uh, second, I think it's really awkward to be going to celebrate Halloween when it's 34, 35 degrees Celsius at night. Yes, I agree. However, apparently Disney knows what they're doing because the first night sold out. The night I'm going is sold out. Another, The next few nights are sold out already. And uh, I think there's only a few nights, at least for the first part of the season, that aren't sold out. So it looked pretty crowded from my sources last consulted with from the party last night. So it seems odd to me, but Disney is thinking, gee, maybe we can start Halloween celebrations about July 4th and (laughs) make more money there. So we'll see. I mean, Halloween Halloween Horror Night starts as soon as it can in September now. Maybe they should do the the uh, the next gate should just be like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. You walk up to a tree and it, you walk through the tree and it's different holiday. I love this idea. The only problem is this is kind of like when Universal Studios Hollywood had a year round Walking Dead. Um, well, they called them mazes there. Haunted House, like horror. Yeah. After a while, it just even though they changed it, after a while, people just lost interest because they had it all the time. We take for granted. Sorry, not to be all minister here. We take for granted what we already have, and we desire what we don't. Yeah, that's true. They did a similar thing at Thought Park uh, with The Walking Dead, and that succumbed quite quickly to uh, yes. people not going. So, so yeah. Tom and Josh, thank you for letting me announce to my wife if I can keep the secret just about two more days. Um, that we're going to Mickey's Not So Scary and she's going to wear a candy corn outfit and her candy corn ears. And I'm I'm sure I will post some pictures on social media and I'm sure you can follow up even there. So Um, what would you like to talk about, Tom? Well, we're here today to do a Disney Springs trip report, which I promise I'm pretty sure, in fact, now that this is the final trip report episode (laughs) that relates to my 2022 Florida trip. Although, without wanting to delay the the start of this episode any further, uh, Josh, your family sands you, obviously, for some yes. reason. So this there's this... So, John, I don't know how you feel about this. This family I know have gone to Florida. It's quite a big travel group, from my understanding. Multiple households, multiple generations. You'd think... You'd think there'd be a place in such a group for the one member of the family who spends a decent chunk of each and every one of their weekends recording theme park podcasts and vlogs and other such things. You'd think they would go along. And yet I can see him right now. He's still in his bedroom. What's going on? I've taken it easy on Josh lately. Because, you know, 
he's he's still in the grief over his Bengals, and so in in the U in the U.S. version of football. So I've still not been picking on him too much about that. But I do you recall on social media where I would constantly taunt him with photos of food that he was not going to get in Florida? And oh, yeah. it was my understanding that um j- that he had something to say in this decision not to go to Florida. You have presented it as if he's a, he's a innocent victim. <laughs> I I heard that perhaps he might be a semi willing accomplice. Unfortunately, John, uh, you are you are right. They are they are there. Uh, they are sending me photos directly uh, via uh, WhatsApp. So uh, no long no no need to get them via Twitter this time. Uh, they look like they're having a great time. Uh, there were some issues with the villa that they're staying in. They they got bumped from the villa they were supposed to be staying in to one that was uh, older and not clean when they got there. Now they've been moved into a different, much nicer villa. So they're, they're enjoying that. Uh, unfortunately, my nephew has uh, learning difficulties, but that has meant that uh, it has helped them with uh, queue management or, uh, you know, avoiding queues so that they're fortunate for that in a, in a sense. Um, but so sorry, very in, much enjoying in, it. in theme park lingo, he, they're able to use the disability access services and things like that. Yes, absolutely. Okay. The perk, perk of that, I guess, is that they've been able to get on a lot of rides that they wouldn't necessarily have been able to get on in one day, like a lot more rides in one day than they would have done without that. That is correct. At Walt Disney World, one of the, the it, being able to get this is not worth the disadvantage um, for those of us who, who've had every advantage in life. I want to be careful how I say this, but you could, the one thing about the DAS system at Walt Disney World is you can ride this, you can use, you can enter the lightning lane for the same attraction more than once. Yeah. When you pay for Genie Plus, you can't do that. And you can also okay. book, you can also book some of your attractions a little bit in advance. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear they're having a good time, Josh. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, they've done, uh, they've done, Hollywood Studios. They've they've loved Star Wars. Uh, my nephew, my other nephew, has built a droid there. They've done Islands, but not the big not uh, the new big rides there yet. Um, so they could afford to build a droid, but not afford to take you. <laughs> <laughs> they've just got their priorities in check. I think is the issue here, Josh. I mean, well, oh my goodness. Yeah, he he had a very convenient uh, birthday. His birthday was literally yesterday, so it was a convenient timing of. His birthday being in America, so his birthday gifts were dollars from all the family. Uh, okay, which so. these days dollars is more valuable than they've ever been for you. So wow, he he picked a good time, didn't he? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to twist the knife in your back on the currency exchange at the moment. I mean the the it's, fake it's coins you can get in Diagon Alley are worth more than the pound <laughs> right now. Um, Quite frankly, chatting with some of my friends coming over from the UK for Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, yes, you may be correct. Josh, we um, need to get your nephew on to tell us all about his droid. That yes. whole process. We should get him on the show when they're back. When he's back, uh, he's he's on all. He's he's very online these days, so I, I can definitely get him on. So instead of recording on Skype, we get we have to get on like Fortnite and record <laughs> on there. All right. Well, without further ado, let's talk about Disney Springs. So, uh, as was the case with our Universal City Walk episode that we did last week, we'll, we'll start by focusing on some of the things that that the Park Rush team, i.e., me, experienced, uh, and then we'll bring uh, we'll bring John in for some of his sort of top tips, best places to eat, 
general good practice when you're at Disney Springs as the resident theme park food blogger of the three of us here. Uh, but I actually, I actually stepped foot into Disney Springs twice on this recent trip because we made the, well, uh, schoolboy error, if you like, of going on a Saturday afternoon evening the first time, which was, I mean, I, I feel like it felt busier there than it did at any of the theme parks I went to over the course of the three weeks. Saturday night at Disney Springs is absolute madness. And we should have known better, frankly. All those years, all that experience counted for nothing. We still acted like idiots who'd never been before. And uh, it made getting in the Lego shop, trying to look around the world of Disney store without feeling like you could elbow literally anyone in the face at any one time. It made all that practically impossible. So we sort of had our dinner, which thankfully we at least had the foresight to book in advance. Uh, and then we kind of got straight out of there. So uh, that was Rainforest Cafe we went to, actually, which uh, I don't know if that puts me in tourist jail, John, because I'd imagine that's not anywhere near the top of most people's Disney Spring food guides. But, you know, being the pathetic British tourists that we are, uh, we we go to Rainforest Cafe. That's just how we roll. You want me to give you the good news or the bad news? <laughs> What's the good news? Is the good news that it could okay, have been worse? Okay, the good news is, is I have written an article of five, of five reasons that we love Rainforest Cafe. Oh, excellent. I have written an article on the five reasons we dislike Rainforest Cafe. <laughs> oh, just so we're clear. classic. You've got all the SEO bases covered. Yes, I do. Five reasons we love it, five reasons we hate it, five uh -huh. reasons we think it's all right, seven things no, you no, wouldn't no, believe no, no, about. No, no, no. What are the I'll, seven things I wouldn't believe I, about Rainforest Cafe, John? Do you know I what those are? I, I can't count to seven. <laughs> Sorry, I can't count to seven. However, I'm looking at data that anyone can find on Reddit from Mouse Dining, a advanced dining reservation service that anybody can use and set up their alerts. Um, Rainforest Cafe in Disney Springs is the fourth most searched for dining reservation at Disney Springs. I'm concerned that, and I always am, that T-Rex Cafe is number two. We can discuss the other two in a moment, but uh, in between there, if you're going for a themed event or you have a group that needs, wow, this is going to sound so bourgeoisie, but I guess I'll fit the pattern I did last week. If you need food that's going to be relatively simple and easy on your digestive system and your palate and nothing too complicated, Rainforest Cafe is the way to go. Unfortunately, because there are dinosaurs and storms and everything else, you're going to pay way more than you need to for it. Yeah, I think those are my two biggest problems, the storms going off every 20 minutes and the price you have to pay to sit through those 20 minute storms. I mean, hey, look, to be fair, you're in Florida. If you're outside or just about anywhere else, there are storms every 20 minutes. I don't know why that's, they need to least hold that's I don't know why they didn't just have a, a roof and open it up so the storms could hit you. I don't understand the problem. But also remember, as you're talking to me, even though rainforest cafes have been closing in our country, there was a point in time where I used to visit Walt Disney World, there were 40 different rainforest cafes in the United States. As I know, I've written many times because these words are burned in my memory. My keyboard, my video screen here probably has it burned in. 
The two Rainforest Cafes that do the best in the world are located at Walt Disney World. Well, I, I think the reason we settled on, so we were going, it was my sister's birthday, the first occasion that we were at Disney Springs. We'd gone, we'd gone and played mini golf at Fantasia Gardens beforehand, and then we head over to Disney Springs. And frankly, the, I think it was just about one of the only bookings we were able to get was Rainforest Cafe. So you can book it on, we, we were just booking online through the Disney springs website and you can click into each restaurant and pick your date when you want to go and they'll give you the times that are available and there was really nothing going and this would i mean we were only looking maybe a week in advance so you know people are obviously very very organized and well prepared but yeah a rainforest cafe it must have been around half past five was just about the only one of the only things we could get so that's kind of why we settled on it and yes it's a bit of a known quantity and we have for years i mean this must literally go back 20 years uh, that we've been going to disney more than that and whenever we've eaten in rainforest cafe or t-rex we've done once we whenever we see the crazy dessert come out that they that they applaud you for ordering mm-hmm. we always say this is the year this is the year we're gonna we're going to leave room and we're going to get one of those. We want we want to experience all the, the song and dance nonsense. And we never manage it. We're always sort of, no, I'm too full, no thanks. And this time we were absolutely determined to do it because it was a sister's birthday. And to be honest, we, 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 we our brains told us no, uh, our bellies told us no. Uh, but there was some small part of me that that stuck to the to the plan and insisted we order it even though we were all very very full Uh, i suppose i should try and remember what it was that made us full so to start with i think we just got some cheese sticks between us we didn't do anything crazy i know they have that sort of sampler thing that is they call like the adventure or the awesome adventure something like that which is kind of what you would expect from a lot of appetizer samplers at somewhere like this you get your cheese sticks your chicken strips your uh, ribs i think and maybe a couple other bits and pieces uh and then for mains i forget what the rest of my group had however i will say this was one of the best vegan burgers that i had on this trip uh, i believe it's just a beyond burger so it's uh it's not i believe it unique. is i believe it is beyond at um rainforest cafe i mean rainforest cafe correctly gets criticized for the quality of food but that's because they're competing against 18 other close to world-class restaurants that are at disney springs i mean rainforest cafe if i can overlook the fact that you know i'm overpaying for the item it's not like the food's terrible i thought the service was quite good as well we had a very nice very nice waiter whose name now escapes me but to be fair we did not have a bad night out so far as uh, table service went this trip but Rainforest Cafe guy did stand out. Uh, he was very attentive, very helpful, good advice, was prompt, but also left plenty of time between courses, which was nice. And the the round of applause he gave us when he brought over the brownie apocalypse eventually was, well, it was, it felt very genuine. He, I think he was wiping tears away. He was really proud of us, I think. Um, okay, I, I have an important question because this sounds like a good time for this question. Tom, which yes. did you feel which did you feel worse after? After having this brownie concoction explosion covered in chocolate and everything, or the donuts at Voodoo Donut with Xavier and I? 
it's it's close, but the contexts were very different. So, so I've just pulled up the menu for Rainforest Cafe so I can get this right. It's the sparkling volcano for four. It's twenty one dollars. It's okay. a giant rich chocolate brownie cake stacked up high, served warm with vanilla ice cream, creamy whipped topping, caramel and chocolate sauce, and. Uh, I think, you know, we kind of expected it to be obviously sugar overload and would you really even be able, I mean, would your palate truly recognise what it was that you were even eating or would it just be a complete sensory overload and you're too full to really be enjoying it anyway and it's just a bit of a mess. Everyone was genuinely taken aback by how we all thought the brownie itself was actually very, very good. And there was a slab of it which was left over, which I think this might be the one and only time we've ever taken home some leftovers. But we took some of that brownie home and uh, someone finished it off the next day. And it kept pretty, pretty decently in the fridge when we wiped all the cream off it and stuff to make sure it it traveled. Okay, okay. important, important issue. Who finished it off? Who finished it off? My sister. No, it was not me. No, no, it was not me. I think the birthday girl finished it off. But uh, okay, that's what I was like. Like I said, we were genuinely quite impressed by by the quality of the dessert. As to whether I felt worse after that or the donuts, I mean, the donuts. We have to remember we were outside in the midday sun. Uh, I I don't think it was interesting. I think for the donuts, I was going in with a pretty empty stomach. Uh, for this, obviously, I'd had two courses already, uh, but I don't know. I think I'd almost sort of lined my belly with enough food to to feel relatively prepared for the dessert when it did come, even though I felt full. Sometimes I find when I really gorge on an empty stomach, I feel worse than when I gorge on a stomach that's already quite full. Okay. I don't know why that is. It's just how I work, I guess. But um no, I think I probably felt worse after the donuts, but that's not to say I felt sort of absolutely terrible. I thoroughly enjoyed both experiences, but I would not recommend that you uh, that you that you do them with any sort of regularity. Uh, I, I realise I'm talking to a theme park. I was going to say, who are you talking when I, to? When I say if that, I, if I told you the <laughs> list of food that I am scheduled to have next week, um, I am very happy to be back under a certain number. Um, it's helped that I've had a little bit of dental work done, so I've not been eating as much. But, yeah, always good to have dental work done before you go on a food vacation. I think, that, you know, just before we leave Rainforest Cafe, because there's only so much anyone can really say about it, <laughs> where would you rank it among sort of if I if you ranked it among, let's say, Planet Hollywood there and uh, T-Rex? I feel like those three is, you know, your overpriced, overly themed family restaurant options. Um, I I do have a blog that in the list of blogs to finish that are started, but just outlined for mouse dining of the five worst restaurants to choose at Disney Springs. Are they all there? (laughs) You did did list three of them. If my choices were as, well, I know what I would do, actually. I've done it. There's evidence that I've done it. If I had to choose between Planet Hollywood, T-Rex Cafe, or Rainforest Cafe, I would cheat and go to the Lava Lounge, which is a lounge that's kind of outside of Rainforest Cafe, where you're outside, you can see the boats, you can see those other things. And I would order from out there um, and just have a relaxing time out there and avoid all the other stuff that goes on inside because I'm not, this sounds negative, I don't mean it to be, I'm not the target demographic of Rainforest Cafe. So I don't need all the show and the pomp and circumstance. Absolutely. I am right there with you, John. 
So uh, I'll just go. I'll just go ahead and sit out at the bar, the tables, and all the stuff out there. I mean, I remember for back in February, I did this because I needed to review something there, and I got like the Creole Creole pasta or Creole mac and cheese. It wasn't bad. It was a little higher than yeah. it should be on Disney Springs prices, but it wasn't bad. Creole mac and cheese, twenty two dollars. Yep, I think it was twenty one back then. But yes. Yeah, I, I uh, back when I went back in twenty eighteen. 2019 whenever that was now the before times we went to rainforest cafe twice uh <laughs> kids man uh and, and we went to t-rex once uh we had Living the out. we had that what was that thing again the lava explosion thing uh, we had that both times and then in T-Rex, we had the equivalent, which is called the chocolate extinction. It it was what it was. Um, you know, when you warm brownie up and you put wow. it with ice cream and cream, can't that's really go wrong. That's backhanded if ever I heard it. It's like it's like pizza, right? Once you warm up brownies, right. you put it with ice cream and cream, it's kind of like pizza. You can't really go wrong. But see, this is the problem. That's correct. That's, this is the problem, though. Fair. But you're at Disney Springs, and I can probably list five places off the top of my head that have a better brownie than Rainforest Cafe. Well, yeah. John... Don't even get me started, right? Okay. So, like, it, like sounded, said, it, it sounded like child abuse having to go to a Landry's restaurant three times in one trip. Uh, the kids chose it. That's the problem. It's, it's adult abuse, if anything. Um, <laughs> Wallet abuse, for sure. Well, I can tell you the two two of the five reasons to go visit Rainforest Cafe do involve children. So I can't argue that. And there's, a, I mean, this Rainforest Cafe and T-Rex Cafe are, are highly sought after reservations. Can you still use the Landry card to sort of? Yes. Yeah. So my uh, my brother has a Landry card, so he he uses that to try and circumvent that, uh, which has worked but, in the past. But that can sometimes cause a long queue. For those of you unaware of any clue what we're talking about, um, Landry's restaurants they are becoming the equivalent of Disney Corporation. If you are a struggling business or even not a struggling business, they will buy you and put you under the company. I know I was meeting with Dustin at Mouse Dining. We were talking about how to explain Landry's, and we're looking up all the Landry's restaurants. There was probably 60 different kinds oh, in wow. the U.S. Both both my nephews are having holidays, uh, having birthdays this holiday uh, while they're out there. They've picked two restaurants off of your uh, worst restaurants to eat at Disney Springs, uh, one of them being T-Rex, one of them being Planet Hollywood. Uh, so, And to directly answer Tom's question, I would pick Rainforest and T-Rex over Planet Hollywood. Yes. I, I, I would agree to, as well. If I had to choose. Oh, we at least picked the best of the worst. So I could be okay with that. Yeah. I, I can't remember if uh, last week, if we talked about this on air or beforehand, but I will reiterate it now because it's topical. Uh, none of these overly themed, slightly junglish restaurants can hold a candle to Jungle Jim's mm-hmm. R.I.P. Somebody bring it back. Somebody with more money than sense, with as much nostalgia as Jungle Jim's uh, as as I have for it. Uh, you know, bring it back. Do the right thing. We 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 deserve it. I'm pretty convinced that Rainforest Cafe nicked Jungle Jim's old bar stools. Those looked very familiar <laughs> to me when I was there. And unless you are really old or have a long memory of going to Disney as a child. You don't remember Jungle Gyms because where it was is being demolished for 
other stuff, but it went out of business a long time ago. Yeah, I, I, I was looking back I'd, on old TripAdvisor forums last week of people asking, where's Jungle Gyms? And it was like 2008 or something. So you're going back to at least sort of 07 uh, for when Jungle Gyms was last there. It was in uh, Crossways, wasn't it? I and, uh, is it crossways or crossroads? Was it crossroads? It's one of the I, two. People will know, know what we're talking about, yeah. but it's just a matter of is it crossroads or crossways? It's near Hollywood Studios, wasn't it? But yeah, that was good. Spub Mania, one of the all-time great shareable mm-hmm. appetizers. But anyway, let's not make this a Spub Mania tribute episode. The only other food I ate at Disney Springs, funnily enough, we had Ghiardelli's ice cream for breakfast. Uh, oh. that that prompted me to remind me of something go ahead keep going well because as i as i said when we went to disney springs on the first occasion it was a saturday night it was absolute chaos when it came to what was the last day it was it was travel day it was going home day but we had enough time in the morning to maybe do something with that time and we had a couple of reasons why why going back to disney springs for a couple of hours made some sense i needed to return or try to return uh, an exclusive May the 4th t-shirt, which I had bought, I think, two days prior at Hollywood Studios in the one-day-only fancy merch store. Uh, I had bought a shirt I really liked the design on and got it back and realised it was wit for women, so the fit was just bizarre on me. So I had to go and try and take that back, and hopefully, and we hoped World of Disney would, would do it, and, and they did, so that was no problem. Uh, speaking of World of Disney, as I said, it was such a chaotic experience when we went originally that we thought we'd we'd go back at a, a less busy time and have a proper look around. And then we we also we we'd kind of exhausted everything in the house as far as food went by this point. So we thought, oh, we'll try and find somewhere nice to have breakfast. We were very disappointed to discover that breakfast is basically non-existent at disney springs unless you're there on the weekend and then quite a lot of the restaurants will do some very nice sounding brunches john i'll bring you in in a second in case you've experienced any of those personally but given that our only options were basically starbucks i think there's a breakfast option at the earl of sandwich and i guess as you pointed out uh, we could have done everglazed donuts Uh, maybe that was the most obvious option but you know we went with Ghiardelli's and similarly actually to the one day we will have the chocolate explosion craziness, but we're always too full. Quite often at Disney Springs in the past, we have said, let's not have dessert wherever we happen to be eating out. Let's leave this restaurant and go to Ghiardelli's for dessert and get an ice cream sundae. But again, it's quite often we're either too full or it's too busy and we bottle it. So uh, Ghiardelli's though, very, very quiet at around half past ten in the morning. Turns out not too many uh-huh. people going in for a big ice cream sundae at half ten in the morning. We all got a sundae each, which was uh, quite the sugar rush to start the day. Just sort of downed a thousand calories like it was nothing. I had the salted caramel sundae and it was very nice. It was it's I'd, I'd not had Ghiardelli's ice cream in a very, very long time. That is is excellent ice cream. It was by far the best ice cream I had. Uh, over the course of the the three weeks, and I, I ate a lot of ice cream, so I was I was glad to finally get in there. But John, what what are some of the brunch sort of? We- Unless you have anything to add on Ghiardelli's, uh, well, I have something. Some sort of- I have something else to add based Ooh. on our chat last week, and then we can talk about the brunch options. On yeah. um, I wrote a blog since we last talked last week, and it is entitled 
what should we do for weekday breakfast at Disney Springs? That is the first thing on mousedining.com. I learned in doing research after chatting with you because I laughed at you when you said breakfast. I'm sure people who listened to last week's podcast heard me laugh at that breakfast yeah. during the week at Disney Springs. You've got to be kidding. You can get breakfast at Raglan Road starting at 10 o'clock. And I was unaware of that until this on conversation a on, on a week weekday. Day. Yes. Really? I'm sure yes, we you can. I didn't think I saw that. I didn't either, which is why I was doing research for my trip. And I, the first menu that came up as I was doing research was breakfast menu, 10 to 12 a.m. weekday. So, I mean, it may not, I wasn't aware this happened. I don't know how long it's happened. They haven't gotten back with me. But my point is, there is at least one table service option. You try and get a table at Raglan Road for breakfast now, and it's going to be Pat. It's going to be Mr. Ben's going to be in there. It will uh, be. John, uh, me. You can, uh, you can order my the hip family. You can order the hip the hipsters lament for breakfast, which is an extravagant avocado toast. Oh, wow. oh I do like I do like avocado toast. I knew you did. Extravagant or otherwise. What makes it extravagant exactly? Um I I, I don't know that I want to describe let's just say anything they could possibly throw on top of avocado toast, they did. Oh wow. Um the Giardelli's ice cream. The the brunch question, I've I have actually never experienced a brunch at Disney Springs ever. But if you want a brunch at Disney Springs, there are lots of incredible options. You've got the Boathouse, you've got House of Blues, you've got Homecoming, you've got STK Steakhouse. I'm sure I'm leaving out somebody really important. Um, Starbucks. I think City Works, the sports bar, has one. And I've never heard anyone complain about the brunches at Disney Springs. All right. Well, uh, that sounds like quite a natural point, actually, to bring in. Um Everglazed. I mean, before we do, let, let me just quickly rattle off some of the other things that I saw firsthand at Disney Springs. Just things that I've noted down here to to very quickly mention. The World of Disney. I do really like that shop. There's a lot of good stuff in there, especially clothing wise and and homeware. Uh, my sister bought a really nice uh, fake potted plant. The pot being essentially one of the Dumbo ride vehicles. Uh, and there was another one which was essentially a Alice in Wonderland teacup with the white rabbit, which was also very cute. So I think the homeware section in there is really good. But as I say, that place is hell on earth if you go mm -hmm. during anything that could be described as a peak time. So I think, frankly, if you actually want to do some browsing and have a considered shopping experience, I, I think weekday mornings and 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 otherwise just forget about it because it's just it is absolute hell it's like black friday at all times in there it's mad uh, i love the art of disney as well i have occasionally bought stuff in there but normally i just go into window shop it's i i enjoy it as much as a, as a gallery as i do a shopping experience to be honest and as someone who i reckon 90 percent of my wardrobe at this point is uh sort of cheap uniqlo stuff i would say disney springs has the best uniqlo i've ever been in so yes. that counts for a lot uh for me it's uh it's 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 big the the range is enormous there's stuff in there that you won't find anywhere else and uh it's quite including like sort of custom printing you can do you can mm -hmm. sort of custom print shirts and like tote bags and things like that um picked up quite a cute tinkerbell custom tinkerbell tote bag for my sister in there 
So I, I do quite enjoy that as well. And yeah, you know, I, I've kind of grown out of some of the other shops that I used to like. There's the Star Wars uh, Galactic Outpost. And I think there's a few Star Wars shops there now. There's obviously the Pin Badge Trading Post, which uh, which mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed having a look at. There's a Marvel shop there now. Uh, there is the, uh, is it is it called Trendy? It's like, is it Trendy? It's like an indoor, somewhat open marketplace. It's where the world of sport used to be the Disney World of Sport shop, which I used to love. And I'm kind of sad it's not there, albeit I do quite like what they've replaced it with. But I do miss the world of sport. I kind of wish that was still there. Yes. Solid sound effects. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's all I really have to say. I didn't get to go in the Lego shop because there was always an enormous queue, even on the Saturday morning. Usually is an enormous queue at World of Disney, Lego shop, Gideon's Cookies, and oh, one yeah. more place. There's four places that have a queue that develop very quickly. I can't think of what the fourth one is, but those are the is it Everglazed. Places. It's not Everglazed. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm sure I will think of it two hours after we stop recording. But um, yeah. Gideon's often puts a, like a virtual queue in, right? I have gotten way inconsistent reports about that. And now that I have inside sources at Gideon's, they <laughs> do sometimes use a virtual line at the Disney Springs location because they have another location in in north of the airport in Orlando, but they don't always have to do that. So, but they do a virtual queue. And if you arrive on a Saturday night, uh, the virtual queue, you might be waiting for three or four hours easy. So can your, can your nephew skip the Gideon's queue, Josh? <laughs> uh, yeah. I wonder if that still counts. Uh, Gideon's will not care. Get in the car and drive to East end location and get, get the same exact product, maybe better. Now, I wonder what what would be quicker, join the end of a long queue for the Gideons at Disney Springs or hop in the car and drive all the way to Orlando and go to that one instead. I wonder what that's, would be that's quicker. definitely quicker, right? Who would get, where would you get your cookies first? Funny you should mention that. I'm really having to make that choice next week, so we'll you see should, how that goes. You should, you should do it and time it, film it. You know, that, that, sounds, like, uh, that sounds like good TikTok content to me. Oh, I'm you, sorry. Leave, I, your, I, leave your wife at Disney Springs. <laughs> you're in a you're taking her to the Halloween party. So, you know, you're you're in a good books now. You can afford to just just leave her outside the, the Disney Springs Gideons. You get in the car, drive to the other one. So you get their cookies first. Let me just educate you real quick here, Tom. I mean, I'm sure you're smart to figure this out. You know what that's going to mean if she gets the cookie first? One, I won't get any of them. And two, that gives her more time to spend um shopping in disney springs unsupervised yeah it's now point, i mean she's it? she's got her own money can spend it however she wants that's not a problem but then you know we somehow have to get it back on the plane to fly home would you say john or gideon's and everglazed would are they are they the two top picks for kind of premier sweet treats at disney springs is there anywhere is there anywhere that might top either of them for you like i Anorex would patisserie or something no, like that? i would suggest one that you've overlooked because it's fairly new um salt and straw ice cream and salt and straw ice cream is is clearly premium ice cream gideon's would top it though my smart aleck response is you know you get your gideon's cookies and you get your salt and straw ice cream you make yourself an ice cream cookie sandwich and sadly, you die of diabetes almost immediately. But you know that's what that's what's going to have to happen. Yeah. Um, and make sure you get your cook. You get you get your cookie first because your ice cream will definitely melt in the queue for the cookie. 
get the cookies first. <laughs> that's a that's a pro move there, Tom. I appreciate yeah. that. As, so, as someone who's planning to have all the treats at Mickey's Not So Scary, yeah, mm. I can't believe how many of these things are covered in ice cream or stuff that will melt. I'm just looking at the salt and straw menu here. I do love the options so far as sizes go. Single scoop, mm -hmm. double scoop, kid scoop, pint. <laughs> yes. They come in pints. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, something's lost in translation in that one. Sorry. I'm getting one. Salt and shake. Is that So is that better than Ghirardelli's then for ice cream, do you think? Yes. Oh, wow. That's a high bar for clear. Yeah. Yep, I would say that it is. Everything I thought I knew. Melting now, I mean, if, you, if your, de your desire is, I want a quality, good tasting, safe chocolate dessert. Go to Just Gear say Deli. it, John. Are you a British tourist? Go to Gear Deli's, you losers. Just say it. I'm waiting well, to hear it. I'm ready to hear it. It's fine. No, no, no. Because you're. I'm thick skinned. I can take it. Your version of chocolate that you are used to and the version we sell in our country are not that similar. No, one of them's nice, <laughs> one of them isn't. Yes, I'm, and depending who you talk to will determine which one you think is which. But yes. As long as you're not into that woke Ben and Jerry's, right? Exactly. I knew that was coming. <laughs> um, one of the things that Disney Springs has really tried to do is they've tried to up their food game. Some people, I would not say this, is that's because City Walk over at Universal has really upped their food game. Now they haven't upped their shopping enough and they haven't upped their entertainment enough. They're working on that. But Disney kind of started lagging with the food. And so they're trying to create more themed destination things like Gideon's and Salt and Straw and places like that. And we, we've sort of teased Everglazed a few times now. I mean, in, in the in the never ending war between the Autobots and the, I mean, Everglazed and Voodoo Donut. Who, who who's who's on top right now as a general well first my first concern is i look at the menu for everglaze that is provided by walt disney world it's not accurate and the prices are wrong oh right right well, that's good so <laughs> I mean, i'm not looking at everglaze's menu i'm just looking at disney's menu um mm. that i see lots of things that are inaccurate but my favorite donut at a orlando area theme park is still the peanut butter explosion donut at Everglazed. That's the one that you, one podcast you tweeted about it, and you po you tweeted it during the podcast because it looked it was this concoction of chocolate frosting, Reese's peanut butter cups. You wondered if there was a donut underneath all that stuff. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> um, but if I were going to go for something less extravagant, I would go with Voodoo. Or I would go with. I, I, lo I, I, I love that. So yes, you go and look at that. I said that carefully. Go and look at the podcast artwork for last week, which is just ev almost every voodoo donut you can order in yep. one photo. If you, if if you want the less extravagant option, you go to that place. <laughs> that's, that's correct. Cr that's crazy. We're talking theme park donuts here, and I yeah. tell people on a regular basis. I, well, let's just talk about it. the donuts at Everglades are large. This is not mm. a dispute. They are large. They're, you can go places and pay for a $10 piece of cake, and it's not as big as these donuts. Mm. But when you get the classic glazed or the vanilla with sprinkles or the, what was it I get, strawberry ice with sprinkles and spend almost $5 US for a donut, the quality is just not there. 
but if you want to spend what it really costs, six fifty for the extravagant donut there, it's worth the money. And at Everglaze, do not forget, they will make you a burger with donuts. They'll use donuts as the bun. They'll make you a chicken sandwich with donuts. They will make you a grilled cheese sandwich and use donuts as the bun. <laughs> and, of course. And all joking aside, they will use actual bread for their sandwiches. And I would not judge anyone who went to Everglaze and got a burger and fries or a chicken sandwich and fries or other stuff because the quality is pretty good. Will they do you a donut sandwich? Will they put a donut in between two bits of bread? Um, no. Oh, well. Now, now you're now you're just mocking the theme dining. <laughs> I would never do that. I, I'm here for uh, burgers in donuts. It's uh, I've long held the opinion that it's one of the best ways to have a burger. Oh uh, wow! The, the mix of and salt and uh, sweet and savory uh, works perfectly together. Just to clarify, have you consulted with your medical professional in this opinion? <laughs> Uh, last time I had a checkup for my health insurance, uh, they said I would had a perfect bill of health. So, uh, okay. Spoken spoken as someone who's going to go to a, let's see, what does my Tuesday look like? I'm going to go to a breakfast buffet and have to try not buffet, but a a fine dining breakfast and try about four different entrees. Then I'm going to eat at Skipper's Canteen. And then I'm going to have every single treat at Mickey's Not So Scary. And I'm judging you about your health since I'm probably <laughs> twice your age. That's all I'm saying. Well, you know, it will catch up to me eventually, John. Well, apparently it's going to catch up to me in, in mere days. So we'll see. <laughs> all right. Well, at this point, uh, John, kind of over to you, I would say. I mean, if if you had to give us your kind of your top three places to eat at Disney Springs that, that we haven't perhaps spoken about so far, because, you know, we haven't really spoken about places that you would go to for, for a full meal, apart from three of the five on your places you should not go list. So mm-hmm. where would you genuinely recommend that the fine listeners of this podcast, there are dozens of them, uh, go to eat at Disney Springs? Okay, as opposed to last week, where my dining reservations at City Walk were scheduled based upon passholder dining. Um, yes. Mm. Because I'm going to do reviews for mouse dining, um, I have been working on this and changed these reservations so many times I've become that person. The options are, in order of what I would select, um, Chef Art Smith's Homecoming, which is, if you're not familiar with Chef Art Smith, he's a celebrity chef. Um, Sorry, Art Smith, but every time he's a celebrity chef for someone, that person gets to be about 15 to 30 pounds, 30 US pound system. I can't do the conversion, sorry, heavier. And they're happy and they're happy about it because he believes in fried food, especially fried chicken. Oh, wow. And I was noticing for reviews that I had done, the one table service restaurant I've done the most reviews for was Homecoming across, you know, lots of different places. And so, they have a brunch I know of. No, yeah, I was just looking at their brunch menu, actually, and I was going to ask, which is an excellent follow-on from last week, because, uh, you know, I'm a basic white guy who likes Red Lobster. <laughs> they claim to oh, have they're right. biscuits on their brunch menu, their, their brunch starter menu, uh, and huh. they sound suspiciously like Red Lobster uh, Cheddar Bay biscuits. 
Have you had them? Do you know? With all due know, respect, do you know of them? Are they comparable? The homecoming ones are far better. No, well, I mean, they charge for them, so you'd, you'd hope so. Yeah, they're far better. Wow, far better. Uh-huh. One of the be- one of the best appetizers there is the thigh high chicken biscuits, where they take um, chicken thigh meat and put it inside Ch- of three of those chicken biscuits. Bis- chicken biscuits. Oh. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. I use the term biscuit on a UK broadcast. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. No, no. Think it's savory, just think all savory British people southern like US. I know. Chicken, chicken biscuits. Yes. I just I want. To, I just want to like. If you were like the most British of British person, uh-huh. and someone said to them, "Chicken biscuit," what image would that conjure? I'm yeah. thinking almost weirdly. My my head almost goes to like a like a frozen block of chicken uh-huh. broth. Or something like that, weirdly. <laughs> okay. What about a jammy dodger? But instead of jam and cream in there, it's just like chicken paste. <laughs> like, a, like, how about, like a chicken how about liver pate. How about yeah. the, jammy dodger, the jammy dodger filling, except on the outside it's actual chicken? I'm intrigued by that. I think I might be game for that. Sorry, okay, so, it's a jam, so it's a jammy dodger, but instead of biscuit, you got chicken. Yeah. Yeah. It's two bits of chicken. And how are you going to make this biscuity? You're going to have to cook the chicken in a way that somewhat makes it resemble a, no. a biscuit. Like you need some crunch I'm sorry. There. This is the United States. We can fry anything, anytime, anywhere. Mm, that is That's true. That's not a problem. Now, for those of you who have not got, who have not gotten lost in this discussion, I often in reviews, whenever I review a biscuit in the U.S., I then put two lines in the review and say, now, for those of you from the UK or from Europe or some other place, I mean the southern savory version of a biscuit, not what you legitimately consider to be a biscuit, and it should be considered a biscuit. Please apologize for our taking your language and using it improperly. Like a savory we, scone, I guess. Yes, we call, so the, we've always called the Red Lobster Cheddar Bay biscuits. We just call them cheese scones. Yeah. Uh, Chef Art Smith's is the most desired reservation at Disney Springs. Um, for, for, no matter what time of day, brunch, No matter lunch, what time dinner. of day, lunch, dinner, does not matter. And if you're um, going for dinner and you have to order one thing. Um, I'm going to get, because I'm going to cheat, I'm going to get the chopped barbecue plate, which comes with barbecue, a side, but it also, it, uh, and other things, but it comes with, now that I can offend your UK sensibilities again, it comes with the Chef Art Smith version of macaroni and cheese. Because I know, I also write about this, sometimes my friends in the UK have, they're concerned about our obsession in the US with cheese, and especially how it applies to pasta and cheese. But mm. I, we've not talked about this, but I assume that is true for you also. I'm a big mac and cheese fan. I can tell you that I have written, there's evidence of this, that I think this is the best mac and cheese on all of Walt Disney World property. Oh, that, uh, that alone is... Uh... Make me wonder why I didn't go to Disney World this year. Get yourself out there. What they're out there for another week, aren't they? You make a yeah. quick whistle stop visit, go to Chef Art for some mac and cheese, and then come home. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the flights are perfectly reasonable uh, during <laughs> British summer holidays. But it doesn't look like the place to go if you're a veggie. I will say that much. Um, that's a valid criticism. Yeah, I've got um, to think. I've got to think of the little people. You know. Yeah. The so I skipped over it, probably the second most 
good reservation desire is the Boathouse, which, you know, it's a seafood place. They are owned by a steak restaurant. They create all kinds of things. They have a wonderful brunch on the weekend. But I decided to opt out for that. And so I'm going to go to House of Blues. Nice. To get which apparently I have an issue with Southern food because I've gone to Chef Art Smith's and House of Blues, and apparently maybe Raglan Road is from Southern Ireland because Raglan Road is my other choice for food to get because I am going to get Monday night. It is on my plan, and it better still be on the menu when I get there. I'm going to get the chicken donut from Raglan Road as an appetizer. And on their menu, they say, yes, you read this right. A savory donut. <laughs> savory wow. donut. Sorry, is Ragnar- a savory donut not just a bagel? Um, in this Ooh. case, no. Oh, my God, but I, Tom. But however. <laughs> Have I really how, offended people? However. Yeah, you, you could, you're starting wars with that talk. You, you, could be, <laughs> you, could, you could be correct in your thought process, at least in the U.S. version. But this is not that. This is an excuse to throw something together in donut form. And I don't mean to be critical of Raglan Road here because they are a great place and everyone wants to go. They're targeting people who might consume too many alcoholic beverages. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, the. Uh, and they the need something to soak is, it up. It's just people, have, people with Guinness. Uh, you know, yes. They've nailed it there. If you're going to be a pricey Irish-themed restaurant in Disney World and you're pouring a bad Guinness, I mean, just that shut the place bad. down. Yeah, yeah. You got no, you got no place operating if you're going to be doing that. Right. Now, if you do follow me on Twitter and you discover and you don't see any photos from Raglan Road, something else has happened. The oh. next in my choices, which also is next in the list of mouse dining, most searched for reservations, is Morimoto Asia which is an excellent restaurant. It's a bit pricey lecture, but Morimoto himself, the Iron Chef, is going to be there Sunday the 14th. Sorry, we're recording this before that. And Monday the 15th when I arrive. So I'm trying Ooh. to rearrange my reservation to be there because he's going to cook food. He's going to do meet, meet and greets. He's going to chat oh, with wow. people. And so um, if Raglan Road may hit hit the bricks on this one. So... We'll see how that goes. But at the moment, I can't get a reservation to Morimoto until 9 o'clock at night. And my wife said no to 9 o'clock at night, which I can respect. Yeah. But if I were going to pick table service at Disney Springs, those are the places that I would pick. I mean, there's there's at least six other really good options, but that's what I would pick. And if I wanted counter service, I did mention Everglaze. I know it seems weird to get a burger with actual bread and fries at a donut place, but it's actually good. I wouldn't go to Chicken Guy. I'm sorry, everyone. I wouldn't go to Chicken Guy. I wouldn't go to Earl's Sandwich. I would go to the local Green Orlando food truck. There's food truck areas that are kind of near where the Star Wars and the Marvel shop are you mentioned. That's where I would go. That's where I would go. And, And you could go there, too, because everything there is either... Vegan, vegetarian, or pescatarian. Ugh. The hidden hidden gems for counter service at Disney Springs are Pizza Ponte, which is, I mean, it's just basic pizza, but it tastes better than most Disney pizza, and it's gigantic slice of pizza for 6 to $8. Um, so if you have a picky eater, it should be easy to do. If you want a quality burger for lunch during the week, 
you go to STK Steakhouse, they have a Wagyu burger that's $10 with fries for lunch. That's probably the best burger option around. And if you're looking for appetizers, you go to happy hour from 12 to 3 at Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar, which is near Gideon's, because they have $8 appetizers. And that's uh, Indiana Jones thing, right? Like Jock Lindsay that is, is from correct. Indiana Jones. So that's, look, that's a place I've always wanted you to know stuff. experience. I know, yes. right? Look at that. Uh, I mean, I could go through the list. I mean, there's there's probably 45 places you can eat at Disney Springs. Yeah. The only other place I wanted to hear from you, whether you'd been there before, just because I love the idea of being able to get cupcakes from a vending machine. Uh, is sprinkles. A spring, uh, yeah, sprinkles. Are those good cupcakes or are you, are, you, are you only going there for the novelty of getting a cupcake out of a vending machine? First, the cupcakes are good. Excellent. Um, if you have, if you're a local and you have a pet that can have pet treats, they make special cupcakes just for them. Oh. The problem with sprinkles, in my opinion, there is some novelty. There is some things that go with that, but the quality is good. The problem is this is Walt Disney World. I mean, I've got a blog waiting for, I've got three blogs waiting on this right now. I when Disney, when Disney, when you think Disney and a celebration, you think cupcake. There's a cupcake for every time somebody turns around. Yeah. And so sprinkles gets hindered by that. I feel like you could use that caveat about literally anything you say about anything to do with Disney World. But the problem is this is Walt Disney World. <laughs> nah, I think so, that's probably yeah. fair. I, I should make that a hot key on my keyboard. You're probably right. <laughs> yeah, you um, should. But I mean, you're, I mean, well, we said that about this Rainforest Cafe. I'm not a big fan of Rainforest Cafe, but its biggest problem is where it is. I mean, where Rainforest Cafe is, Boathouse isn't that far away. Chef Art Smith's isn't that far away. Raglan Road, Morimoto, they're not that far away, and the food is far better. And it's just an unfair comparison. Mm. Like, we, we pick on um, Cosmic Rays at Magic Kingdom as some of the worst burger ever burgers ever created by humanity. But, <laughs> but depending on your sources, this is the place that cranks out some of the most burgers in the U.S. per day, every day. And so after a while, it's hard. But you're like, but you're at Walt Disney World. You're like, well, I could go to Steakhouse 71 and have the stack burger. I could go to Grand Floridian Cafe and have the lobster Thermidor burger. That's not a fair comparison to poor Cosmic Ray's frozen poorly prepared burger patty. I have an even better comparison. Josh will back me up on this one. Hey, Tom, how was your lobster roll at Columbia Harbor House? Mm-mm-mm. Uh, I think I would rather call that like a, a roll lobster if I could, because it was, okay. it, it was a lot of roll and a little mm-hmm. lobster. Okay. And not that it was way out of price, but it was, it was a high counter service priced item. Um, yeah. Josh, have you had have anyone in your family had the lobster roll at Boathouse? Yes. Uh huh. Um, and yeah, my dad has had it. And what did they think? Uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, I mean it's obviously a few years ago now, but uh, they've enjoyed very much enjoyed it. They do a great job that lobster roll there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I haven't been let down with any any of the food at Boathouse. Thirty-three dollars. Yeah, there's a reason. This is thirty-three dollars. It used to be. The last time I had it, it was like 25. So, yeah, check the prices at Boathouse. But that's the problem. We're comparing. There's just too many ways to compare stuff. Like you 
you compare, ask me about salt and straw versus Ghirardelli. Ghirardelli is mm. great, but ice cream doesn't compare to salt and straw. There, there's so many examples of this that just, these restaurants, there's just too many choices. It's not like yeah. where you may live and you're like, this is our chicken place. This is our pizza place. This is our Chinese place. This, you know, you have one or two choices. If, yeah. Depending on the genre you're picking at Walt Disney World, you have up to 57 choices. <laughs> yeah. And it's worth noting as well that... Choices in Dartford. We don't, have yeah. a, we don't really have a chicken place. We don't really have a good Chinese place. Uh, oh, we have 57 betting shops for you to choose from, though. <laughs> and even more absolutely. charity shops. Yes. Food banks so, are up and coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, God. Yeah, don't, don't get me started. Right. Uh, yeah, it's worth noting as well, by the way, that at the moment, uh, during the 50th anniversary, a lot of these places to eat at Disney Springs, as mm -hmm. the parks themselves do, have uh, the odd f uh, 50th anniversary themed uh, dish or, or, or dessert or, or cake or donut or whatever it might be. So um, yeah, worth keeping an eye out if you if you want something exclusive. Uh, the majority seem to have something to offer. Uh, away from the food and and the retail, uh, is there any sort of obviously there's lots of entertainment as well at Disney Springs. There's there's the, there's the massive cinema. There's the the big hot air balloon. There's the uh, Splitsville bowling. Uh, many international travelers are just fascinated by the Coca Cola shop and the Coca Cola rooftop bar. We're big fans of uh, rooftop bars and gardens in, in England, uh, especially in London. Uh, uh, anytime there's a rooftop bar or garden, everyone's like, right, we've got to go there. Yeah. Have you done the Coca-Cola one then, Josh? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just a shop that you can kind of walk in and then you kind of wander up and eventually you're on the rooftop bar and it's it's a nice space. Um, if, you, if you want a quick quick Coke, then, you know, it's a decent, half decent view from up there, but it's nothing I amazing. Reckon. A quick line of but coke I mean, is probably a good way to prepare for a day at the Magic Kingdom. So yep. maybe go there before you get to the park. Um, of course, if you if money is no object, you can go up in a hot air balloon, or you can from Boathouse you can ride the Amphibicars. Ah yes, they're yes. really cool. And have you ever gone to a Cirque du Soleil show? I, I went to uh, what was it, Lanuba? I think was Lanuba. the last one. Yes. If, if that's how all Cirque du Soleil shows are. I don't like Cirque du Soleil. Oh, I thought you, I, I really was waiting for you to say it was incredible. <laughs> you said the complete opposite. Uh, if you like, if you like that sort of show, uh, it, it was an incredible performance. It's just not something Correct. that I uh, would go to see personally. Uh, it was, it was a, it was something that I had to experience at least once in my life. That's why we went, but it's not something I would see again. So it's like going to Rainforest yeah. Cafe. It's something you should experience once in your life, but not again. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I okay. would rather see uh, Cirque du Soleil again than go to a rainforest ever again. But uh... Okay. All right, fine. You call yourself a British tourist. No wonder you couldn't bring yourself to go this year. You're a disgrace. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> anyway. I'm, starting to, I'm starting to question both of your credentials in this theme park podcast. Oh, it's taken you long enough. Uh, I think... That's going to do it for Disney Springs, and that's okay. going to do it for this week's episode of the Park Rush podcast. If you haven't subscribed, I really don't blame you, but if you'd like to, you can do so wherever it is you get your podcasts. You can also find us at parkrush.com. 
Uh, all the socials can be found at links.parkrosh.com. That's also, I would say at this point, most importantly, where you can find the YouTube channel where there is some exclusive programming, which cannot be found elsewhere. Every Thursday at the moment, our Euro Rush travel vlogs are going out. And every Tuesday at the moment uh, is In The Loop, which is our new weekly theme park news show. As the podcast itself, of course, has been overtaken by trip reports and stuff of late. In The Loop is kind of filling the news gap. And uh, that is actually the plan. Uh, we've got a busy few weekends coming up in terms of like work shifts and social lives and things. So it's it's likely... I'll just say it now that In The Loop is going to do both jobs for the next couple of weeks. So you, if you haven't watched In The Loop before, it will be on the podcast feed next week and probably the week after as well. Uh, we're also on Patreon for some reason. Right now, I think the main perk is that you get Euro Rush a week early. You get episodes a week early. Uh, you can get In The Loop as an RSS podcast feed. Uh, that perk completely undermined by what I've just said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you can find that, I think, at the links.parkrush.com address as well. John, where can people find you and all your things? That is a really good question. But in the theme park world, um, I, as I usually say, I am a old, gray-haired, white guy who spends too much time on Twitter. So you can find me on Twitter at Pastor, P-A-S-T-O-R. John, J-O-N, because I always say H's or O. Self and almost all the things that I do will appear there in the theme park world. Obviously, you've heard that I write for lots of different places. If you want to keep track of that, feel free to follow me on Twitter or follow the blogs at Mouse Dining or Pirates and Princesses. Probably the easiest place to find based on today's podcast. Obviously, I do some writing for our friend Xavier of Universal Food Blog and several other people, but that's what we do. And, and Josh will mock me because next time I come on, I'll be writing for 11 places instead of nine so we'll go from there wouldn't have it any other way well we'll definitely get you back on john because you can report back about halloween horror night it's a mickey's not so scary halloween party uh, if i if i survived mickey's not so scary because it may be not so scary too much for me mm, well we'll have to wait and see i hope i hope you and uh, mrs uh self have a fine fine time and uh, we'll have to get you back on to report back. But there's there's a there's a queue. There's a log jam of guests right now. We've got to get Mini Josh on to talk about his yes his, his droid. And uh, you that'll know, incre- that'll increase your ratings dramatically because we need to work on your demographic. We do. We need to we need to get the Fortnite generation up in here. Yes. Let's get out of here. Every podcast is one step closer to the sweet sweet release of death. <laughs> Stay safe out there. See you next time. The curse is real. See ya. Goodbye.